The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee and Virginia. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to to receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win $1 million. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle on the northeast coast of England and joining me from a whole lot of miles away in Houston, Texas, uh, Moonaf Manji. Good afternoon, Moonaf. We're at a whole different time. That's why I'm a bit more sprightly than usual. Uh, and you're the, you're the one with the sleepy head today. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, we're recording at a different time. You know, we usually record uh, Thursday nights and Sunday nights, but um, you know, I think the timing worked out even better that we decided to record at least this morning for me because we had some more news that came down after the usual time we record. So, um, happy to that we moved it, and then you know, gives us a little more things uh, to talk about uh, as far as the podcast goes today, but um. What time was it? What five o'clock for you over there? It's four p.m. Okay, so yeah, you're you're perky as uh, more than usual. <laughs> I think what what uh, we've discovered, Moonaf, is that I'm more of a natural light man. You see, it's nice; it's actual daylight outside, uh, so the artificial light uh, doesn't do me many favors. But in natural light, I'm a I'm a stone cold stunner. It turns out, so uh, this could be the this could be the time we need to go for. Yeah, and and you got your hair all done. You got all cleaned up for. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, I've been, that I've been in around. front of the cameras this week, Moon. After there was some, uh, it was a it was a man cave company who sell yeah. things that go in man caves. So they do pool tables, air hockey, dartboards, yeah. uh, beer pong, and they needed someone to demonstrate all the casino games. So in my role as gamekeeper rather than poacher, I went along and I uh, demonstrated the the roulette and the blackjack. And I've just been explaining to you. They asked me to learn how to deal craps, which yeah. takes about six weeks. They gave me about forty minutes. Um, so I muddled. <laughs> my way through that I just about worked out what the pass line was uh, and after that it was an absolute so I fudged that um, so hopefully they won't uh, they won't get back in touch with me and say this was uh, this was all a little bit wild and incorrect but uh, so I did that and then yeah been on the blackjack table last night at a wedding uh, I'm on a blackjack table again tonight at a birthday party so things are opening up again now the, the COVID restrictions have been relaxed uh, so I'm a busy bee and I've got my uh, I've got my bow tie and my blackjack shoe uh, to carry around with me every night for the next few weeks so all fun and games, but it was um it was trade deadline day. We're right bang in the middle of it, uh, yeah. so that's why we kind of um postponed recording last night. We were going to record last night, but there were so many things that were just kind of on the verge of being over the line. Uh, so there was no point of speculating when a little right. delay of even eighteen hours could have um could could have uh, seen some the deals that were done uh, properly. And it's been it's been a fun couple of days. So we're gonna we're gonna talk trade deadline in a little while in between. Um, analyzing the picks that we made last Sunday uh, and the picks that we're, we're going to make today for the weekend. Um, start us off, Moon, off with the, it was a bit another bitty week. We seem to be stuck a little bit in pictures getting moved, whether it's been postponements or this hasn't still really hasn't settled down since um, since the All Star break. I was expecting the first three or four nights to be a bit different. Um, it's, just, it's just another uh, another week for us, right? With with what's what yeah. kind of transpired with our picks. It's the baseball thing. It's we, it's hard to get. You can't get more than maybe even twelve hours ahead of yourself. Otherwise, everything you speculate on has changed. Uh, so there was bits and bobs. But you talk us through where you started off. Yeah, um, I guess I'll start with my lock. There, it was Walker Bueller uh, and the. Dodgers going up against the Giants. I believe this went off on Wednesday night. 
Um, and I was walk- backing Walker Bueller because of the dominance he had against the San Francisco Giants this season. And it was on full display again uh, on Wednesday. He's now up to 34 innings pitched against them, allowed 20 hits in those 34 innings, and it's only given up three earned runs. And I believe they won that game 8-0. Um, believe they got out to a 3 nothing lead in that third inning, and then uh, that was pretty much all they needed because Walker Bueller was just so good in that game. And I was actually watching the game, and he was just painting the corners, um, getting himself out of jam. So it, it was really great to see to get, get that locked up. And I honestly thought that this price would have been a little steeper, but it was when I woke up and, and I and I put the bed in, it was only around minus 124. So uh, it seemed a little fishy, but um, I, we know we were on the right side on whoever uh, tilled that pick. And then as far as my dog, I had Tyler Anderson going up against the um, Pirate, sorry, the Brewers, but his name was circulating. We had talked about in our last episode that his name was going to be circulating in some trade rumors. He was uh, pulled out or the game came off the board on, on, on the, uh, on the website or on the, off the sports book because there was rumors that he was getting traded to the Phillies. And I guess something with the players in return that one of the teams was getting back. Something was wrong medically. So he was back into the bullpen starting and then eventually he was replaced by another starter in the game. And then eventually the next day, uh, Tyler Anderson was then traded to the Mariners. So that, that one got voided for me, but I'm happy to hit my lock uh, and hopefully I can continue that momentum going into this weekend. Well, I think that probably had a domino effect on, on the lock that I picked because I'd taken um, Eric Lauer for the Brewers um, mm-hmm. the night after or the night before one or the other. And um, with Anderson, um, suddenly starting, then not starting. I think they brought Chad Kuehl forward a day. But then um, Eric Lauer, because I picked Eric Lauer up in a fantasy team over the weekend as well. I'd spent mm-hmm. a couple of quid on him. Um, and all of a sudden, he, he dealt three innings out of the bullpen, which like, baffled me for some reason. I can't even remember the pitch we followed. Um, so the Brewers won the game fairly comfortably, but uh, the the pick was Eric Lauer, who he dealt three innings of relief. Uh, but even I'm not, uh, I'm not going to claim that one. And my loss was another one of these moon off. I need to start doing. Um, we need to discuss this actually when I make a pick a little bit later on. Maybe these first five bits because I took um, James Caprillian uh, for Auckland. Mm. Um, I can't remember what night it was, but um, they got oh, they were they were three nil up and absolutely cruising. I think it was maybe Monday or Tuesday, Tuesday. it was, and there was yeah. quite a bit of talk about it in the Slack channel. People liked it. Um, people had arrived there uh, by themselves. They they'd drawn their own conclusion, uh, and they were three nil up and cruising. And then I think it was the bottom of the third. It was against the Padres. Um, he had a, there was two outs in the bottom of the third and there was a little chopper. I think it was Adam Fridge in one of his first games. Uh, a little chopper which bounced over the pitcher's head. Uh, the second baseman couldn't get it, the, couldn't get the runner out in time. And then Tatis comes up next. It's a two-out homer. Um, and the game's gone to 3-2. And then the first reliever that came in the game was uh, Yusmero Petit. Uh, he gave mm. up three runs in his first seven pitches and they went down 7-4. So um, I seem to be on the on the wrong end of a lot of these. Um, it was a, The selection was right. The process was right. The result came up wrong. But maybe, like you say, a first five bet, a first five inning bet would have got that one over the line, Muna. Uh, no, because the Padres then put up five more in the bottom of the fifth. So yeah, that was the the uh, the Petit gave up those uh, three yeah. runs later, and it went for it went uh, three two to five, <laughs> and then seven, and that was the yeah. end of it. You just knew that after that error happened with Frazier and, and so, the, yeah, uh, and that Tatis was coming up. This is going to be bad, and, and yeah. I, I, I just, I was watching the game and then I thought he was going to get out of the inning and then I just turned the TV off and then I, I literally went into the other room and checked the score and there you go, bodies put up too. So um, it's it's been just one of those things that if you know if you go first five innings or, or full game, I mean, Caprillion was doing really well, but then, you know, those errors that happen, they just always, always come back to bite you in the ass. Absolutely. Um, Scott went one and one, but it was his dog that won, so that'll put him ahead uh, for the week. He... Um, lost the money line bet the Rays against the Yankees on Tuesday night. Um, mm-hmm. 
but <laughs> leave foot in the show notes. Shockingly, uh, Chapman picked the save up, which is quite funny. Uh, <laughs> but his um, his money line bet was a great. This was a great pick. Um, the Royals on Monday night um, against the White Sox, and the White Sox had, as you pointed out. Um, it was a good spot. Now, this is something with the, I hear more in NFL betting. You talk about a team coming off a win or a loss. Is that the the White Sox had played the Brewers on Sunday night um, yeah. in the big televised game, and then gone right. on to Monday to play the Royals. Um, and the Royals, the Royals actually been quite uh, quite feisty this week. And did they win it? Maybe five to nothing, something like that. Um, but yeah, Royals on the money line was Scott. So he picked his dog up and his lock went down. Um, and I'll let you talk us through Nick's because uh, your little show notes made me laugh again there. <laughs> yeah, this week was the week that Nick took the bite with, uh, with the bullet uh, with the bullpens just absolutely crushing his dream. So sorry, Nick, you were the uh, scapegoat this week. Um, he had the Nationals money line. Uh, I believe it was – I need to start – around on these games but um they were up throughout the game i believe it was monday let me double check here um fast forward monday here here we go yeah so they were up five to three going into the bottom of the ninth oh dear yeah and then they were it was it was, I believe it was two outs also. He had two guys on. Andrew McCutcheon is up. And Brad Hand, the guy that we had talked about last week that was going to be on the trading block, absolutely crushes his dreams. And Andrew McCutcheon hits one out of the park. Walk-off home run for the uh, for the Phillies, and they got the victory over the Nationals. So, um, sorry, Nick. You know, you were the scapegoat for the, the bullpen blow-up this week. And then his um, his dog was the Mariners against the Astros. I believe this was on Tuesday and um, another game that he could have won. But, you know, uh, Nick's been consistent for us all season long, so I'm sure he's going to bounce bounce back this weekend. Um, but you know, sorry, sorry, Nick, you were, you were the bullpen, uh, bullpen culprit this week. <laughs> Gets me off the hook, saves me having to explain myself for a little bit. Uh, if you saw me twitching around in the last one minute there, Moodaf, it's a bit of a rule mm. reversal here. I'm normally watching your eyes dart between 17 different screens. Uh, well, we're in the middle of glorious Goodwood here, which is one of the big horse racing meetings. And if you know, I'll, I do cover the horse racing, uh, yeah. for the SGPN. Um, so I've just been watching a race there and had a little plus 350 winner and it was just hanging on as we got to the line hanging on grimly but he's won by a nose uh, so there that'll keep go. me going for another little while um, <laughs> tally site picks have gone really well this week I got ahead on early on Monday so I got eight games I think I was something like nine and two or something and then cap mm-hmm. that up so c- currently sitting on uh, 61% uh, which I'm happy with and the ROI was good as well picked up quite a lot of dogs this week uh, so I've been travelling traveling along okay, which makes it even worse that the Caprillian bet went down because uh, I've had a lot of winners to choose from, a lot of dogs to choose from, and then haven't managed to spit the right one out. But um, it's been a, it's been a, a, an odd week. There's been quite a lot of... Uh, High score in games, a lot of double figures. We had a there was a there was a fourteen nil. The did the Rays beat the Yankees, and then the Yankees turned it round and spanked them the other way. Um, and I know we're going to mention the um, the crazy Detroit Minnesota game as well in a little while. But uh, how's your how's your week's picks gone? Yeah, I just checked it right now. I think I got off to a slow start for the week, but I'm not sure if this is correct or not. But apparently, I'm seventy one percent for this week. At 29 and 12. So, um, you know, last week was not a great week for me. So I'm glad to turn around this week. And, um, you know, we're all, again, we're all at that 53% or better mark, um, you know, going forward for the season. So uh, hopefully we can continue that momentum through the weekend. And definitely, again, if you are not in the Slack channel, which you should be, but make sure we're posting our daily picks. We're picking every single game, every single week. Uh, for the baseball season. So check out our picks. You know, we're partnered with uh, Tally site, but it's embedded on our website at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Just hit that MLB tab. You'll see MLB picks and you'll see uh, picks from uh, Malcolm, myself, Will, and Nick. So uh, we're all having a great season and uh, hopefully we can continue that here, like we said, in the second half of the season. 
that Detroit Minnesota game, Detroit beat Minnesota seventeen to fourteen the other night. Uh, I've got a couple yeah. of great stats here, Muna, for you. Um, mm-hmm. So this was the fourth time just in MLB history uh, that a team had won a game in which they'd given up seven home runs. However, mm-hmm. it was the first time in MLB history that a team had won that without. Um, a home run themselves all the other occasions uh, the winning team had at least hit one home run in response to the seven that they'd given up uh, where Detroit won that game they gave up seven home runs didn't hit one uh, and won the game 17-14 that's remarkable that's crazy I mean I'm looking at the I saw that somebody you put that on on our show uh, show notes and I saw that also and then I also saw somebody pointing that out on Twitter also um that's crazy. I mean, looking at that fourth inning, they combined to score 14 runs in that fourth inning. Uh, when I was looking at the score, I wasn't sure if it was a NFL preseason game, but apparently yes. it was, uh, it was uh, a baseball, but uh, if you're a fan of uh, runs, this was a game for you for sure. And uh, Tigers seem, pulled away. They seem to take turns in scoring a, a lot of unanswered runs yeah. as well. There was one team put up 10, then they would have an hour off while the other team would put up eight and then they'd swap back again. Uh, and it was backwards and forwards. But I, I saw this, that was a, it was a friend of mine, Russell Eason, who is a Brit over here uh, and does mm-hmm. loads of good um, analysis and stuff. I think he's had stuff uh, published on fan graphs and stuff. Uh, so I pinched that one off Russell. Uh, so cheers for that, Russ. But yeah, I enjoyed that start a lot. Um, and there was yeah. just a, a couple of other bits that caught my eye this week. Mm-hmm. One of them was a, a real clutch bit of play. And normally we talk about walk-off walk off homers, walk-off hits, things like that. But it was the Michael Conforto throw. Uh, did you see him uh, absolutely laser out Almonte for the Braves uh, to get them to get them the win? It was the, it was the last out, play at the plate, bottom of the ninth. Uh, the ball went into the into right field, sort of mid-right field, wasn't even shallow really. And Conforto mm. came onto it and lasered the throw to get to get the out at home and give the Mets a two-one win. Uh, and I really enjoyed that. So often you see a, a real defensive highlight like that that wins a game. Those are the type of plays that are going to matter, or those windows that are going to matter down the stretch for the Mets. And you know, we had talked about at the beginning of the second half of the season that the Phillies were right there behind them, and then. I know we'll get to them in a little bit. And then the Braves are right there also. So, you know, for him to make that type of defensive play and get that W for them, I think that's huge, man. I mean, it's not talked about a lot, but those are the wins that you're not sometimes supposed to win, but you do win that matter at the end of the season. I think that's, this was one of them for the, for the Mets and they're, they're playing well right now. The Mets are playing well and they're finding several different ways of getting it done as well. Uh, they're winning from the front, they're winning from behind. They've had they've had uh, real late rallies. They've, they've dealt with quite a lot of adversity. Um, actually, Carlos Carrasco pitches tonight, I think, uh, first game back. That's kind of gone under the radar because uh, he was yeah. a he was a big addition when he came in uh, with Lindor um, from the Indians preseason. They haven't had a game out of him yet, uh, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, how he goes. I was actually considering fading him uh, first time up just against the Reds because the Reds are quite powerful and I thought there might be some good value. But um, that game's tonight um, and I'm not sure at what time we were going to get this out by and I wanted to make my pick Saturday and Sunday. Uh, But if you managed to listen to this um, just before, maybe Carrasco might just be worth a fade uh, on debut because I don't know how deep into that game he's going to go. Um, uh, speaking of Cleveland, though, uh, Moonaf, you've added in something about Terry Francona uh, and some health issues. Yeah, this was some news that came down yesterday uh, regarding Terry Francona. Um, he was going to step away for the remainder of the season, possibly for the foreseeable future, um, just to focus on his health and, and recovery. I know he's been battling some um, some health issues and some personal things. So I think, you know, um, yeah, first and foremost, for as a human being, before their players and managers that you have to make sure to, you know, take care of yourself, your, your health issues, uh, and especially your, your, your mental state. So I think, um, you know, Cleveland's pretty much, I we can say that they're out of the pennant race or at least the division race or trying to get into the playoffs, but, uh, for Terry Francona, you know, wishing him that he can get back into the dugout soon for the Indians, hopefully next season. But I think, you know, for him to step away, just take care of himself and, and, his, and his mental health, I think that's uh, that's powerful. So, wishing him a speedy recovery and everything is good for him because he he was he was a fan favorite when he was one of the Red Sox managers uh, uh, way back when. You know, and um, I've watched him when he's won with the Indians, and he's a great manager. So, uh, just wishing him a, a speedy recovery. Yes, absolutely, echo that. Um, 
Okay, Munaf, let's do let's do trade deadline. Now, um you we've put this sort of show notes together as it happens, but um as it as it went down chronologically, uh, we've added bits and bobs. Uh, I've just said bits and bobs and heard myself say it as well. So so the people That's will true. be delighted with that. Um but there's one trade which absolutely stands out head and shoulders uh, above everything else. It's not even close. Um and that's obviously the Rockies acquiring Ashton Gudo from the Reds for cash considerations, Moonoff. Uh, not really. That was a terrible <laughs> joke. It was clearly um, the LA Dodgers have absolutely blown this up. I mean, I read this last night. Now we have we have the uh, deadline day over here. We have Premier League deadline day, and very yeah. occasionally, um, I remember Manchester City picking up um, Robinho about. 12 years ago. Uh, that was the f- real signal of intent. You say you're an absolute mammoth blockbuster. But this one seems so far out there uh, in terms of how much money it's going to cost and the, the names of the players they're adding to an already stellar squad. Um, Max Scherzer and Trey Turner to the LA Dodgers, Munaf. That's incredible. Yeah, and, and this was going. This trade came down about last night. Um, I think first let's kind of rewind in that we were when I think yesterday or the day before we were hearing that Max Scherzer was ready to be traded or that he had he has something in his contract where he can veto any trade because he's number one been in the season or sorry in the MLB for ten at least ten years and then he's been with the same team for at least five years. So it's something called the ten five rule that's in your contract. Um, and then we were hearing that he wanted to go to the West coast, uh, whether it was going to be the Dodgers, the Padres or the giants. But then we also heard that the blue Jays, the Yankees, the Red Sox, uh, I believe the Rays were also another team that were mentioned that he could possibly, uh, go to. So lo and behold, I think, um, not yesterday, but the day before that, it almost seemed like that he was headed to the San Diego Padres. And when I was doing the show notes, uh, I actually put in there that he was heading to the Padres. And then I guess something happened where they weren't able to come to an agreement. Fast forward, news broke down yesterday that both Max Scherzer and Trey Turner were heading to the Dodgers. Um, And they also picked up Dan Duffy from the Royals. We'll get to that in a second. But I I think that the Scherzer trade kind of tells us that Trevor Bauer is not going to be back for this team this season because of whatever legal issues that he's dealing with. We don't need to get into that. Everybody knows about it. So I think that's probably one main thing that they probably knew that they had to go out and get another arm in this rotation. Um, and for them to get a Max Scherzer, Cy Young winner, uh, World Series champion, has that uh, he has that fire, that energy, that playoff experience. So for him to be added into this rotation with Clayton Kershaw, with Walker Bueller, um, and the other guys that they have, I think – on paper, it does make sense because of the Trevor Bauer situation. So, I mean, when you have Clayton Kershaw and Max Scherzer as your one and two, and then your number three guys, Walker Bueller, I mean, that's 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 really good, right? Oh, unbelievable! Um, obviously, they've got Julio Arias as well, uh, yes. who's had a great season, um, and then you've got. David Price and Tony Gonslin. Um, yeah. I think Price maybe will have to go back to the bullpen. Um, mm-hmm. They sort of they've experimented with him a little bit this season. Uh, Gonslin, I don't know. And then, like you say, we'll we'll bring up Danny Duffy in a little while. So yeah, they get Scherzer through at the end of the season. Uh, they get another year of control on Trey Turner. Uh, Trey Turner, the control through twenty twenty two when he's uh, eligible for arbitration. But I don't know where Trey uh, Turner's going to play either. Um, Seager comes off the IL this week, but. Um, I mean, you can't have enough great players, I don't suppose. Um, but yeah, this is an absolute um, blockbuster of a trade. Yeah. Um, really, uh, a real, a real eye opener. Um, the Nationals have done all right because yeah, they're not going to contend anymore. And they've actually picked up the uh, the top two prospects. They picked up four prospects from the Dodgers, uh, but the top two uh, MLB pipeline prospects, which, who are the catcher, Kybert Ruiz. Um, and Josiah Gray, um, who's actually still listed, because uh, this deal hasn't been finalised, uh, Josiah Gray is still listed to start tomorrow night uh, for the Dodgers. Yeah. Uh, so I can't see that happening. But obviously, uh, he was ready to go because he, he was slated uh, as being uh, tomorrow night starting pitcher uh, for Los Angeles. So yeah, they certainly picked up a couple of uh, a couple of good uh, prospects there for the Nationals. But yeah, an absolutely giant one. And I mean. Sort of financially, this is this is the one that really just blew, blew everyone's mind. It's the one that I could, 
sort of understand most is liking it to something that Manchester City or Liverpool or Manchester United would do on a deadline day. Uh, just go out and just cherry pick the uh, the top two couple of um, players. Now, as far as um, having a bet, which is why we're here then. So one of my sites has got all the odds postponed currently, uh, mm-hmm. I think, while everyone uh, jostles and, and trades players. But um, you, can you see the line shortening up i mean with the giants drift a little bit i mean this must be a bit of a kick in the a bit of a kick in the stones for the padres uh, who've done little bits and bobs but just to see the the dodgers flex like this the padres are going to have to continually live with this but um this has got to shift the needle on the dodgers odds for the world series yeah and uh, i'm looking at one of the books right now that does have it listed the uh, dodgers are the uh prohibitive favorite at plus 320 to win the uh, world series and then to win the National League pennant, they are all the way down to plus 160. So just to kind of reference it, uh, the next uh, favored team to win the National League pennant is the Mets at plus 450 and the Padres at plus 450. And then for the World Series, the uh, Dodgers are at plus 320. And the next team that's favored is the Houston Astros at plus 600. So wow. that kind of tells you how the market kind of reacted to uh, the Dodgers making these two trades. And, I think rightfully so, right? We we just talked about um, uh, Max Scherzer of how how he's one of the best pitchers in the National League, and then also we talked about with Trey Turner. I, I would have from what, what I've been reading is that he's going to be playing second base because you can't really put Corey Seager at any other position with him coming back. So, um, you know, you add a bad like Trey Turner in your top of your lineup, or however Dave Roberts decides to do it. But that's if you have Trey Trey Turner and. Mookie Betts as your one and two possibly at the top of your lineup. I mean, that's that's really good. I, I um, that's that's going to be uh, a tough time for uh, these other pitchers to get those this lineup out. I mean, up and down this lineup is 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 stacked and, and they have a lot of depth with guys that can get on base and guys that can hit for power. Yeah, Trey Turner is almost continually underrated. He's a he's a quiet man, really, and he's not the he's not as flashy uh, as Tatis uh, yeah. and players like that. But he he does he's got power, he's got speed, he's a he's a great uh, he's got a great glove. So that's an he's one of my absolute favourite players as Trey Turner. Um, we'll stick in that division then uh, while we while we're on that subject. Uh, Adam Fraser. Um, from the Pirates to the Padres, a good player, almost um, like a like a light Trey Turner again, a, a sort of a, a slight quieter player. Um, but he's got all the hits uh, this season. Is his average and his? Uh, I think he's got the most hits in MLB still, and uh, a good piece for the Padres um, to complement what they've already got. Yeah, we we had. Uh, I mean, this guy made the All Star team this year, right? Along with the, uh, I think uh, Reynolds also made it from the Pirates. Yeah. So, you know, when you have these two type of players, especially Adam Frazier, that's probably going to be their leadoff spot, comes in and takes over as the uh, leadoff guy for the Padres. And, you know, again, Fernando Tatis Jr. and Manny Machado, that's these guys that are in the lineup. I mean, he's batting 320 on the season. Um, not a power guy, but you don't need that when you have Manny Machado and uh, Fernando Tatis on this team, right? You just need him to find a way to get on base. and. Yeah. This is a huge pickup for the uh, sorry the Padres, and I love that they got this guy again, a guy that hits for average, gets on base, and when you have your power guys like I mentioned that are going to be right behind them, try try to bring them in. That's going to be really good for the uh, Padres. I think the only concern right now for them is probably getting a little bit more pitching because they were in that Max Scherzer uh, rumors and almost had them. But I, I won't be surprised if they find a way to get another arm. Um, in, in this uh, rotation for the uh, for the Padres, quickly, uh, yeah, Adam Frazier, you're right. Number one, Adam Frazier, 127 hits in the National League, and then number two, Trey Turner, 125. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, Yankees, uh, we got this one right. We knew Joey Gallo had Yankees written all over them. Beefy Slugger, uh, another Beefy Slugger, get him in there, swinging a miss or hit it out. Um, that was a it wasn't. A, Quite a badly kept secret, actually. Uh, but the yeah. Anthony Rizzo one came as a bit of a surprise, Moonaf, and uh, you didn't seem very happy with this when I chatted to you briefly last night about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to you know take my Red Sox fandom out of it, but 
I, I don't understand why the Yankees are trying to go out and get more bats in this lineup. I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to pitching, especially in the playoffs. So I guess you try to make it sense to me is why are they going out and get two left-handed uh, batters? Yeah, they needed two. Le- I think they didn't need one of these guys, but Again, with Joey Gallo, it's a it's a, a Aaron it's a Aaron Judge of sand situation, just left-handed. Either he's going to hit it out of the park, or he's going to strike out. And then Anthony Rizzo, there was rumors that he was going to come to the Red Sox, which I would have loved, but they also picked up a bat late last night. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but who's playing a pitch for for the Yankees? I know they're getting Corey Kluber back, but I mean. He can go even down, down to, the, there was a trade that kind of went under the radar, but says everything to me was that the Reds, um, they traded away to the Cincinnati Reds, the Yankees did. Uh, mm-hmm. Louis Sessa and Justin Wilson, who yeah. were both decent pitchers, um, young, have experience both out of the pen, a little bit of long relief. I think Justin Wilson came, did he come from the Mets? Maybe, um, he was one of the Mets' top prospects, I think. Look it up, um. But yeah, they, they traded away both of those who really um, were going to kind of their future the next the next two or three years of either long relief or if they're going to get stretched out into starters. Um, and just to trade those kind of players, they're the players you need um, rather than, again, uh, like you said, you're swinging your base to yeah, a left-handed Aaron Judge. Um, Joey Gallo, how many sack flies, Moonaf, has Joey Gallo had since 2019? Uh, 50. One. Absolutely <laughs> unbelievable, isn't it? I've, I mean, wow. I can't, again, I, I, my head nearly fell off when I, when I read that stat. He's had one sack fly. So even, and, and I, I really enjoyed the uh, five-man outfield that um, teams are playing against him as well. They just don't even bother uh, trying, because they know he's not going to attempt to do anything different. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely uh, baffling. But yeah, they've got, They've got no pitching and they let more pitching go. So um, I was confused about that. But I do like Rizzo. Uh, Rizzo, had a, yeah. uh, he's left a really good, strong legacy. Uh, it was nice seeing him wandering around the the outfield there. He was in the ivy with his family uh, yeah. and the little sausage dog uh, was running around after them, taking some photos and stuff. Uh, Rizzo seems like one of the good guys. Yeah, and just for the Yankees, I mean, they are getting Severino and Corey Kluber back, but I mean... At least for Severino, he's coming off a major injury. And then with Kluber, I mean, this guy is a house built with glass. He can go down at any moment if you throw something at it. So, um, it, it, again, you have Garrett Cole, but, again, his last start against the Rays yesterday absolutely got shelled. So, who is pitching he for the team? He did get shelled, actually. That yeah, made right? me laugh last and, night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I mean – are they planning to get as many hits and runs and just try to outscore your opponent, get into the playoffs? Because I don't think they're going to be catching the Red Sox. They're not going to be catching the race. So it's going to really come down to the American League wildcard uh, race for the Yankees. Uh, 35 minutes uh, for a Red Sox mention, if anyone's got that in the sweep, because I was just going to bring them up. So we'll carry on moon off with the old boys. Um, Kyle Schwarber. Um, yeah. surprising name gone from the again the Nats uh, hemorrhaging more players um, and the the Red Sox picked him up for the 19th ranked prospect in their farm system um, a starting pitcher by the name of Aldo Ramirez so where's uh, Schwaber going to fit in they needed a left-handed bat yeah for sure they needed a and we talked about this I think that they needed to get one more bat in there and it was going to be a left-handed guy uh, check that uh, check uh, that box with Kyle Schwaber uh, you know, we are, we talked about him at extent when he was on that, that just that tear with the Nationals. I mean, he is dealing, I believe, with a hamstring injury, but he should be coming back. So I think this is a great yeah. get in in that uh, in that batting lineup for the Red Sox, Kyle Schwarber, and then um, hopefully they can get one more starting pitcher into this rotation, maybe a bullpen arm, but we'll see as as today kind of transpires and as we're approaching the trade deadline today on Friday. So um, as much as there were rumors out there about them getting Anthony Rizzo, um, you know, I will happily take Kyle Schwarber, who's uh, who's just as a, a, a as good as a bat, maybe uh, as Anthony Rizzo. Um, the last one we'll talk about in depth before we can whiz through a couple of others was uh your other team, if we can call them them, the Astros, Moonaf, and they uh, yeah. they headed to the bullpen to make all their upgrades. 
Yeah, this was crazy. And we, we were also, this is another team that we mentioned that needed to get bullpen help, right? Just because they're starting rotation with them eventually getting Verlander back maybe in September or, you know, early October for the playoffs. But um, they needed to upgrade their bullpen. And the crazy part is that, that gave up a, what, 7-1 lead on Monday against the Mariners. And the next day, James Click, their GM, goes out not only to, to he goes out to the team that beats them that night and yeah. gets their two of their bullpen arms, which are really good arms. They got Kendall Graveman, and then they also got uh, Rafael Montero from the Mariners. They had to trade away uh, Abraham Toro, and I believe there was one more guy that they had to let go. But um, yeah, I mean, significant upgrades. They did they they did get one more uh, arm yesterday. With Garcia, yeah, I like Yimi Garcia a, a lot. I think that I think that's the most important of all those pickups. Craven's done all right, but uh, Yimi Garcia, I think, has got uh, got legs. Yeah, and then they still have. I mean, they still have uh, Ryan or yeah, Ryan Presley in in their uh, as their closer. Uh, Pedro Baez is another guy that they have in their bullpen that hasn't pitched this season, but he's going to be back for them. Uh, so you know, James Click went out and did his job as far as getting some bullpen upgrades and. Uh, We've talked about this pitching at extent, right? We, outside of, the, you know, we talked about Luis Garcia with uh, Jose or Katie, um, and then Framber Valdez again getting Justin Verlander back also. So I think their pitching is in a, in a in a good place. And again, Alex Bregman is going to be back for the Astros. I know he's making some rehab starts. Pretty, he's making rehab starts with the AAA team, which their stadium is about five to seven minutes away from me. Okay. So. Um, uh, he should be back, I believe, next week or the following week for the uh, Astros. Uh, there is actually one one big trade there that we haven't mentioned, and this is uh, probably the biggest one in terms of established major league going in either direction uh, rather than prospects being involved. Uh, and it happened earlier in the week, and it was the Oakland days taking uh, Stalin yeah. Marty from the Marlins uh, in a swap, and they sent uh, Jesus Lazard all the other way. Now, I love Stalin Marty. Um, he yeah. turned down that extension a couple of weeks ago, a $30 million extension, I think, from Oakland. Um And Jesus Lazard, it hasn't quite worked out for him. He was making, he was making a lot of noise at maybe two seasons ago, pre, uh, pre-season 2020 maybe. Uh, him and Frankie Montas were both kind of on the same trajectory. Uh, Montas has worked out better than Lizardo, but I think Lizardo has got a lot uh, left in that locker. And to add him into that uh, add him into that rotation with all those young Marlins guys that we've talked about on several occasions this, uh, this season, uh, I thought this was a really nice looking trade. Yeah, and this was a guy that you had talked about in our last episode was starting Marte. So um, another, kind of the under-the-radar move because it's been so dominant by what the Cubs are trying to unload with Javi Baez and Chris Bryant and Rizzo trade and now with the Max Scherzer and Trey Turner that it's kind of flew under the radar. I think this is a big pickup for the A's um, as they kind of fight for uh, a wild-card spot. And then I guess I think they also made one more trade, didn't they, for the Cubs? Uh, they bullpen. picked up yeah, Andrew Chafin, um, yeah. who we did mention on our show last week, is uh, yeah. has been a, a really good, a really another underrated bullpen piece uh, in the co. I don't mind the the, the A's uh, the A's pen's good. They've got lots of different options and they tend to hold it together quite well. And Chafin will do that, and he's a right character as well. Uh, he's a, he's got that big bushy tash um, that he that he wears, and his his hair looks like it's attached to his cap. Looks like if he's going to take if he takes his cap off, that all the hair's going to come with it. One of those, uh, but I think it is attached to his head. Um, yeah, and then just quickly, the Mariners did bits and bobs. Um, we talked about Tyler Anderson, but what got me was that in the space of 24 hours here, the after they traded um, Graveman and Montero went to Houston, uh, I saw also Mariners Twitter. Uh, people were absolutely up in arms. What's the owner doing? What's uh, I think it's Jerry Deporto, maybe. Uh, what, what's he doing? And then within 24 hours, they added... Uh, Diego Castillo from Tampa Bay, which was a great ad. And I just thought this was the kind of thing that, that made perfect sense to me. When they came out of it, after the dust settled on that 36 hours of activity, is that they'd lost maybe half a season of Graveman, but added mm-hmm. five years of Abraham Toro, who could be a really good player, and yeah. then replaced Graveman with Castillo. So they were in a better position. All together yeah. in a better position. And it was just, a, just a, the knee-jerk reaction of fans. Uh, and how sort of short-sighted they can be, and with, within yeah. within twelve hours, it was it was balanced up by Castillo. So you've got a similar level uh, bullpen on, yeah. and you've got five years of uh, of possible goodness out of Toro. 
Yeah, and, you know, Mariners are the hottest team in baseball right now, right? I mean, they did lose the Astros uh, two out of three games, but um, I would love to see this Mariners team just find a way to get into the playoffs. I think they're a fun, exciting team. Um, and you had spoken about this team in volumes that in the next year or two or three years, they're really going to be a good team um, competing in that AL West division and possibly even, you know, the uh, wild card for the American League. So, um, you know, they're they're in a good spot. I, I think they have a lot of young players that are going to develop as the you know season progresses and, you know, in the offseason and spring training for the next couple of years. But, you know, it's Seattle Mariners are definitely a team to definitely keep your eye on. Uh, Abraham Toro, you know, I can talk about it with the Astros being here. I mean, a fan favorite. He was a, a, a guy in the clubhouse that, you know, all the players loved. So a huge pickup for the Mariners. And again, like you mentioned with Castillo taking the place of Graven, you know, they got better. Um, um, they lost a, a good guy in Graven, but they added two good pieces like you just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so it's been it's been it's been a fun uh, deadline. Still more to come. So uh, possibly on Sunday night when we when we record again, uh, there'll be other stuff for us to uh, for us to finalise. Yep. Uh, ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favourite teams, players and sports. NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football and more. Great promos, odds and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $500 sports bet. Download Bet Win. Download the WinBet app, tap now, or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Download WinBet app to place your bets and start winning. The best place for parlays, exclusive rewards at your fingertips. Win now with WinBet. It is your premier sports betting experience. We're brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Football season is about to kick off. PropSwap is here to make this your best season your best season ever. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. For example, the Atlanta Falcons are 80-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl and have one of the easiest strength of schedules in the league. If you think they'll get off to a hot start, make that 80-1 to 1 bet before the season and then sell for a big profit after only a couple of weeks. The average seller on PropSwap makes over $500 per month just listing and selling tickets. And when making your bets, remember to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. Make sure to head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a free $25. That's right. Sign up now for a free shot at $1 million. Download the app, sign up at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Uh, okay, Moonaf. So we're going to get into this week now. Um, let me have a look. Where are we? So picks this week, uh, the weekend series. Uh, what stood out for you, Moonaf? Yeah, I think that uh, a couple of good series. Um, obviously, the Astros and Giants kick it off this weekend in San Francisco. You, you, probably have some pretty good pitching matchups there. Let me quickly see. I just had it pulled up. Um, you have tonight, they have Framber Valdez going up against Kevin Gossman. Um, and then tomorrow night, Saturday, they have the, they have the afternoon game. Zach Grinke versus Alex Wood. That should be a good one. And then Sunday, they wrap it up with uh, Luis Garcia versus Logan Webb. So I think that's going to be two, three pretty good uh matchups uh pitching wise and then i think the entire series is gonna be fun and the other one that kind of stuck out to me is going to be that al east um top two teams between the red sox and the uh, tampa bay rays that also kicks off tonight uh martin perez versus josh fleming tonight uh and then tomorrow it's nathan Navaldi versus ryan yarborough and then on sunday they wrap it up it's this is going to be the primetime espn game uh, Nick Bavette versus Shane McClanahan. So uh, definitely I'll be keeping an eye on that series if the uh, Red Sox can extend their lead 
into the AOS division. And then the Giants and the Astros is going to be another fun one. Um, uh, I think Mets and uh, Mets and uh, Reds will be a fun one also. You know, yeah, you've been keeping an eye on the Mets all season long, also, and you know the Reds are a feisty bunch with the with the bats that they have. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, I think this could be because, like I say, the Mets are really finding all different ways of all different ways of playing and winning games. You can't really pigeonhole the Mets as a, a small ball team or the strong behind the starting pitch, you know, the the, the um, a power a powerful hitting team like the Yankees. Um, they've been doing all sorts of different ways. Um, they're going against Sonny Gray tonight, and I'm just thinking Sonny Gray's. Um, I like Sonny Gray a lot. He's got a record of two and six, although his ERA is um been quite decent for him. Um, Four point five, um, but I was, as I mentioned earlier, was looking at a possible fade of um, uh, Carlos Carrasco, and I just on debut, so it, that'll be worth a watch anyway to see how Carrasco goes, because um, he's slated to play a big part in the second half of the season uh, for New York. But yeah, lots to look forward to this weekend. Um, yeah. Okay, Moon. I thought all to be doing this in tonight. You, you tell me. Uh, why don't you lead it off? Okay, I will lead it off. Um, so, um. Saturday night, um, we are going to go for, as a lock, uh, Alec Manoa and the Toronto Blue Jays against Mike Miner and the Royals. Um, Manoa, I think we we talked him up. When he first came up, actually, he got called up uh, maybe on a Thursday night when we recorded. Um, he's had eight starts. His record's only two and one. Uh, so he hasn't been the pitcher of record Um particularly often. He's got a 2.69 ERA uh, in those eight starts, which is absolutely outstanding. Uh, he's had two dodgy ones, which were one versus Miami. And the second one, where um, he, he started consecutive games against the Rays. And the Rays seem to worked him out for that second game, which is something uh, that I think the Rays are capable of doing to a pitcher. Um, but apart from that, he's been really good. Um, the Blue Jays, have looked better to me the last few nights. Uh, scored quite a few runs against Boston. Uh, and also, they're back tonight. I think tonight's the first game. Uh, they're back home at the Rogers Centre. So they're going to be uh, they're going to be pumped for that. They're going to be hyped all weekend. Uh, and that is good to see them back. It's been really incredible what they've done. Um, they've played in... I think they're the first MLB team to play in three different um, places. They played in Dunedin down in Florida at the start of the season. Uh, they have since been back in Buffalo and certainly are now back in uh, Ontario. Uh, so I think the Blue Jays are going to be uh, pumped. There'll be adrenaline uh, running through their veins. Mike Miner is uh, Mike Miner. He's eight and eight, um, which actually is a decent record for a, not a, not a stellar Kansas City team. Uh, but he's got a five point three eight ERA, and he's actually won his last two starts. Um, so I'm fading the fact Miner can go three three dubs in a row. That's not going to happen. Uh, I think the Blue Jays will beat him up. So that's that. Uh, and my dog is oh I didn't write down what night this was uh it's a it's a money where your mouth is picked for me I think it's Saturday night again um I was conscious of leaving the Friday night slates let me just confirm Atlanta, Atlanta Atlanta it is Saturday night yeah um so we talked about pictures to watch um a few weeks ago and Kyle Muller's been one um so I'm going to take Kyle Muller and the Braves against uh, Woodruff and the Brewers. Uh, so Muller will be a dog, I think, here. Yeah. Uh, Muller shut out the Mets last week. Um, a seven-inning doubleheader. Uh, Muller was excellent. And there's not because he's, he's starting now to come on people's radars, there's not going to be many spots where Muller will be a dog. But taking, off, uh, taking on uh, Brandon Woodruff and the Brewers, I think he will be a dog. Uh, he's two and three. Um, record doesn't really reflect how well he's pitched uh, with a 2.55 ERA. Um, Woodruff hasn't actually um, got a W uh, since June the 29th. Um, he's 0-2 in July. Uh, and this might be in one moon off where I would maybe lead towards the first five. This has got this um, a look of this James Caprillian pick from last week all over it, um, where I don't want Muller to go... Um, Two, two nothing up inside the, f the fifth inning uh, and then the rest of them will blow it for me. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you there to give me some advice on that. But I want to take Kyle Muller uh, against the Brewers. So they're both on Saturday night, my picks. Um, Saturday is Alec Manure and the Blue Jays over Mike Miner and the Royals. And um, 
my dog will be Kyle Muller and the Braves over Woodruff and the Brewers. And you're going to give me some advice as whether I go money line or do I take it on the first five? Yeah, I, I think for Kyle Muller, I would recommend probably going with the first five because if you take a look at his just his game log, uh, his last three starts, like you mentioned with the Mets, despite it being a seven-inning game, he went uh, five innings in the previous game against the Padres where he pitched, he went four innings. And then the previous game against the Marlins, he went five and two-thirds. And his, 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 his ceiling has kind of been that five-inning mark. So I would probably – yeah, I think first five innings is, is probably your best bet to go because not sure how much you trust the Atlanta bullpen. Um, mm. But, you know, like you mentioned, this is a guy that we've been talking about all season long or when he came up in about mid-June is a guy that you wanted to keep an eye on. So I'd probably recommend doing that first five, uh, first five innings money line. There you go. I am showing development and growth, Munaf, uh, under your wing, uh, under your guidance. Right. So that's my junk for the weekend. Uh, what have you got, Munaf? Yeah, my lock is going to go off tonight, Friday. I'm going to take the A's money line. It's Chris Bassett versus Patrick Sandoval. Uh, these are two pitchers that we've been talking about to extend, but Bass has been struggling in the month of July. He posted a 5.4 ERA so far, but I think he, uh, he will have a bounce-back start tonight against the Angels. We're certainly familiar uh, with them being in the same division in the AL West. He has two starts against the Angels this season where he's pitched 16 and two-thirds of an inning. He's only allowed seven hits in those 16 innings and only allowed two earned runs um, in those innings. Meanwhile, for the Angels, Patrick Sandoval is on the mound I mean, this guy's probably one of their best pitchers after Otani, but uh, he's coming off a start where he almost threw a no-hitter. We talked about this, I think, in our last podcast. Uh, typically, there may be some regression due for a pitcher like that, going that deep into a game where he almost had a no-hitter. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be on the back of his mind, but um, I think the pitch count and things like that are going to be up for um, Sandoval, maybe some fatigue because he went so deep in his last start. Um, he is one in three at home this season, posting a 3.79 ERA. He has pitched 10 innings against the A's and allowed two earned runs off a night hits. But I think A's are in that chase, not only for the AL West, but also for the AL wild card. They need to try to get every win they can. And also the last bit for this is that the A's are nine and three versus the Angel this, Angels this season. So that's going to be my lock uh, for tonight, Friday, A's money line. And then my dog, uh, I'm going to kind of swing for the fences here. Uh, so kind of hold your breath on this one. Sunday, I'm going to take the Rockies' first five innings money line versus the Padres. Uh, it's going to be Austin Gomber versus Chris Paddock. I know, Malcolm, you had picked against uh, um, Chris Paddock earlier in the week. Yeah. Uh, but Gomber has really good numbers against the Padres. He has started three games, 19 in the third inning pitch given up 12 hits and only one earned run allowed against the Padres, which is a 0.47 ERA. Uh, the Padres are batting uh, 171 against him. And like I said, Chris Paddock is probably the worst starter for the Padres rotation. He's three and four on the season, a 6.59 ERA at home. And his ERA is progressively getting worse month by month. So I'm going to continue to fade him. Um, so that's going to be Friday tonight. My lock, A's money line, Chris Bassett versus Patrick Sandoval. And then Sunday, Rockies, first five innings money line versus the Padres with Austin Gomber and Chris Paddock on the mound for the Padres. Yeah, I uh, love both of those. I've watched quite a lot of the A's. I don't know if it, maybe they just had a, a few more day games or maybe they've had a series over, over the East Coast. Um, but I've seen more of the A's in the last week or so than I've seen kind of all season. Uh, and they are an enjoyable team to watch. Um, I do like Sandoval, um, but I understand your reasons for fading him. And Austin yeah. Gomber... Um, Austin Gomber's been on my radar. He's kind of one where you, you put a big circle around and watch him um, because he started the season really well. Um, he And then just at the point where, from a fantasy point of view, there was one week where everyone started picking Gomber up. I think it was for a two-start week. Yeah. He'd had four good starts. He had a two-start week in fantasy and everyone was throwing money. And he went 1.2 innings uh, against... Uh, the Giants and gave up nine runs and absolutely uh, buggered everybody up who picked him up. Now, bear in mind at this point is um, his ERA is still 3.69. And that's with those nine runs in. Now, I know you can't go through a game log and just throw out a bad start. Um, but that was a 
particularly bad start. That was really egregious uh, to what to everything else he's done. Uh, and since then, he showed great kind of metal. And you look at the the hits and the end runs in the last man, even the the, the last twelve games or so. That end yeah. run is zero one two two zero one zero two. Three two, so there's one three. He's gave up three earned runs once, and I've yeah. maybe gone back ten starts there. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, Austin Gomba has certainly got that big that big circle around him for me. Um, and you've you've picked a great um place to pick him out there because Chris Paddock is just kind of more being consistent, but uh, consistently not very good. So yeah, yeah. um, absolutely <laughs> love it. Um, we do have picks on. Uh, from Will Will Moorman's surface, um, he's gone Saturday uh, Saturday double, same as myself. Um, he's taken the Red Sox on the money line against the Rays, which is uh, Nathan Yavaldi and Orion Yarbrough matchup. And for his dog, it's the Nationals money line versus the Cubs. Um, he's taken John Lester, uh, fading Kyle Hendricks there, fading his own Cubs. Uh, for mm. Will, he must be down in the dumps seeing a lot of his favourite players leave. Uh Nick and Scott have also uh, sent some picks in and we can join them now uh, for them to tell us who they have selected. Moonoff and Malcolm, NC Nick here. What's going on? You know, after going 0-2 with my early week picks here, and by the way, I could have easily won both, especially that heartbreaking uh, Nats loss to the Phillies. But I need to shake some stuff up here. Can't go 0-2 again. Uh, so let's just get right to it. I got your lock and your dog, Major League Baseball of the weekend. We'll start with the lock. That is the Tigers over the Orioles on Friday. It's fade Matt Harvey day. And and actually, this Tigers offense is really playing well of late. So I like the Tigers to get it done there. And then my dog will be Braves over the Brewers on Sunday. Braves should be a slight dog here, I'm expecting. It's uh, Charlie Morton versus Brett Anderson. Anderson actually pitched well his last outing, but I think he kind of regresses back to the norm, which is uh, an average or below average pitcher here. And um, I like Morton uh, to you know win that matchup. And I like the Braves to uh, beat Milwaukee on Sunday. So. Once again, lock Tigers over the Orioles Friday, dog Braves over the Brewers Sunday. There you go. Let it ride. Hey guys, Scott Rochelle back here with your lock and dog of the weekend. Last week ended up going one and one, made a little bit of profit. We'll look for another profitable week here. And we're going to start off with the lock, looking at the Yankees on Saturday against the Marlins. We like the Yankees on the run line, minus one and a half. Jermon's pitching. He has allowed just three earned runs over the last 12 innings pitched. Yankees acquired Gallo and Rizzo at the deadline, so the team's offense should be a lot better moving forward. Meanwhile, the Marlins traded away Sterling Marte, one of their best hitters. Marlins already had the 27th-ranked offense in the league before the trade. Now it should be even worse. And the Yankees are still in playoff contention. Marlins are 10 and a half games out of a playoff spot. Game means a lot more to the Yankees than it does to the Marlins. And the Yankees come out and bury the Marlins on a Saturday. And looking at the dog on Sunday, looking at the Rockies' first five taking on the Padres. Gombers on the mound for Colorado, 3.75 ERA over the past month. Rockies are 5-1 and one in Gombers' last six starts. Paddock's pitching for San Diego, 6.33 ERA over the past month, and Paddock also has a 6.59 ERA at home. So I think the Rockies end up maintaining a lead in the first five against San Diego on Sunday as the dog. Other than that, though, let it ride. So there's your picks from Nick and Scott. Thank you very much, boys, and good luck. And Munaf, I do believe that's brought us to the end of this week's show. Anything else that people need to know? No, I mean, uh, trade deadline is going to be today. I know it's uh, 11 or 12 o'clock noon Eastern Standard Time. Um, So I think there's still a couple more names floating around. I did see a report uh, with John Heyman. Uh, He said that the Max Scherzer deal is not complete yet. They're still working through some kinks, but he said the Padres are on standby if that deal falls through, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure the Dodgers will find a way to get that one done. Um, but yeah, just keep an eye out for some more of these deals. If we get, uh, if there are some more big names like Chris Bryan, Javi Baez that do get moved, we'll talk about it on Sunday. Yeah. Um, Very us to the Yankees as well. I'm saying possibly. Um, and yeah. uh, Luke Voigt's been made available. So we might have a little bit more on both of those uh, by Sunday. Yeah. Probably one of the more active trade deadline uh for the MLB that I remember. So uh, yeah, definitely keep your eye out for Twitter and turn on those notifications uh, for some of your maybe favorite teams. But um, other than that, no, we have uh, Olympics going on. We have baseball obviously this weekend and uh, 
on the, the turn of the month is going to be August. And you know, that means football, but uh, we're still going to be here for baseball, grinding it all the way through the playoffs and into the play, uh, world series. So uh, hang with us and, and we're going to hopefully catch some more money. Yeah, I had a little look at the Olympic baseball earlier on. And I think most of the teams have just played kind of one game each at the moment. Um, yeah. And so we can get we can get into that a little bit more because we did make some picks. Uh, so we'll have a little look through that maybe on Sunday after the second round of games. Um, so yeah, um, appreciate everyone joining us. Usual place, uh, like and subscribe, Apple, Spotify, uh, etc. Tally site, website, Twitter, the DraftKings picks. Um you name it, usual places. Uh, we've got a special guest on Sunday as well, uh, so that's something yes. to look forward to. Um, cheers, Munaf. Thank you for joining me on this uh, fine afternoon uh, where I'm all sprightly and full of beans. Uh, I'm off out to deal blackjack again for three hours tonight, uh, so I'll, I'll keep my senses shop. Um, enjoy your weekend, Munaf. Uh, I'll speak yes, to you Sunday night. Have a good weekend, everybody, and we'll see you down the road. 